welcome to Macintosh and Mine Haven't Seen What, the podcast where we make each other watch movies we should have already seen. I'm Diana. And I'm David. And today we are talking about the 1968 Oscars. Welcome to the 40th Annual Academy Awards from 1968 at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium. It is April 10th. The original scheduled date for this was April 8th mm-hmm. on that Monday. However, they delayed for the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination. That had happened the previous week on April 4th. Mm -hmm. And prior to that postponement, because the Academy was not going to move the ceremony, Sidney Poitier, Sammy Davis Jr., Louis Armstrong, and Diane Carroll were all planning to withdraw their presentation at Mm -hmm. the ceremony. They all collectively said, we will not fucking show up if you don't move this. Yeah. Because this is too big a fucking deal. And the Academy already had plans. They were going to replace Sidney Poitier with Jack Lemon. Yeah. Fuckers. Oh, man. Fortunately, somebody got their uh, their heads on straight. Maybe it was Gregory Peck who introduced the ceremony as the president of the mm-hmm. Academy. Maybe it was somebody who smacked him upside the head and said, fuck you, move this fucking award show. Yeah. But they did delay it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> man, we think, we think the racism's bad now. So- Some other fun facts about the ceremony this year. The categories of cinematography, art direction, and costume design individually became their own separate categories. At the time, they had done separate categories for black and white and color with the advent of color film. They merged them this year because black and white had become such a rarity in filmmaking. And it's funny because, of course, one of the most prominent films that we watched that year was a black and white film. Yeah. But it was such a specific choice to do that in 1967. Yeah. This is the first event since 1948 to actually show film clips of the Best Picture nominees in the ceremony. They hadn't done that for a while. Our host is Bob Hope, Mm -hmm. who was the host of the Oscars for the longest time. A lot. Gregory Peck made a full court press to have as many acting nominees present at the ceremony as they could. This is something we've seen in the recent Oscars that they've really tried to push for is get the past winners to show up. Yeah, it's, I mean, as long as our lifetime, it's standard to have last year's winner present this year's winner with the with the award and there are always you know reasons why somebody wouldn't or couldn't but typically that's what they do and i think this may have been one of the first years they really pushed for that there were two noticeable absentees Mm -hmm. one being spencer tracy because he had just recently passed away and one being Catherine hepburn for so many reasons Partially because of Spencer Tracy, and partially because she didn't show up to anything. I just don't care. <laughs> well, she always hated she being did. in public. Yeah, she didn't like going to those things, so she didn't go to. Yep. Them. <laughs> Elmer Bernstein was our arranger and conductor of the music this year, uh-huh. being very adorable out in the orchestra. Very cute. <laughs> this is the last Oscars broadcast by radio. Okay. After this, they only did televised cast. And that year, there was no governor's ball out of respect for the assassination, I think. Oh, okay. So, no big parties this year. Okay, some stats on the nominations. We've gone through all this different stuff, but just some by the numbers. There are three different films nominated in the top five categories. Best Picture, Director, Actress, and Screenplay. That's Bonnie and Clyde, The Graduate, and guess who's coming to dinner? Three pretty great movies. Mm-hmm. Meh, Bonnie and Clyde's debatable. Yeah. An important movie, not a great movie. Yep. Bonnie and Clyde and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner earned the most nominations with 10 each. Okay. 
Coming in second, Dr. Doolittle with nine nominations. I'll never forgive you for that movie. I'm so sorry. With seven, The Graduate, In the Heat of the Night, and Thoroughly Modern Millie. Five nominations went to Camelot, and Cool Hand Luke, The Dirty Dozen, and In Cold Blood each got four. So we watched some heavy hitters for this year. We did. All right, let's get on to our actual awards. Presenting for Best Sound, Carol Channing, being adorable. Our winner this year was In the Heat of the Night. How do you feel about that? I mean... Did it do better than like Dirty Dozen or Millie? Not better than Millie. I think Millie, I would have given it to Millie. I I appreciate how intense the fight sequences were in In the Mm -hmm. Heat of the Night. Like it does get loud when you get to some of those gunfights. Yeah. But I don't know. Millie was so well balanced. That seems weird. Mm-hmm. Next up was Best Supporting Actor. We went all over the map on how they presented these awards. Yeah. There was no like probe really. Now I will say we were watching hacked up clips on yes. YouTube. So there's a possibility that this went in a completely different order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the way it was it was presented just felt like what? The winner for Best Supporting Actor, went to George Kennedy as Dragline in Cool Hand Luke. Okay. He had stumped for the role. Yeah. Got up there and gave a just very lovely and short speech. Well, I could bust. I have to thank Stuart Rosenberg for giving me the opportunity to even be here. And I must simply thank the Academy for the greatest moment of my life. Thank you. Holy crap, the short speeches. I love the short speeches. <laughs> like, after 2020, with the garbage, like, okay, I can appreciate a short speech. I can appreciate a long, impassioned speech. But when it's long dribble of crap. Cuff, cuff, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Or when it's just, like, long dribble of names. like R- Renee Zellweger. Okay, like, if you're just going to list off names, which, okay, this is your moment. That is your right but at least be impassioned about your names. Know what names you're going to say, just not, um, oh, and I have to thank this person. Oh, and I have to think. It was like, this is not 1996, Renee. You don't have to do this. We don't have to thank all of our agents anymore. They know. <laughs> this is your second Oscar, honey. <laughs> Nobody cares. So anyway, uh, man, this is tough. Hackman and Pollard were so good in Bonnie and Clyde. Like they propped up what was kind of a dumb movie. <laughs> Yeah. And Cassavetes is sneaky good in the Dirty Dozen, but not good enough to win. No, he's not good enough to win. So I don't know. If if I'm really thinking about it, I might give the edge actually to Pollard, Pollard. who just does such a good job propping up that movie. With his crazy hair. But I mean, George Kennedy is great in Cool Hand Luke. He is good. For cinematography, with the most lackluster stoned faces I've ever seen, a little tiny young Dustin Hoffman... Next to his Amazon co-star, Catherine Ross, who <laughs> is so bad. The winner, Burnett Guffey for Bonnie and Clyde. I, honestly, Conrad Hall for In Cold Blood. He should have won that. I mean, we had The Graduate and In Cold Blood were our other two options above Bonnie and Clyde. And In Cold Blood is such a beautifully shot movie for yeah. all of its faults. <laughs> Fair. I just that that should have won this category that year. Presenting Best Costume, Ava Marie Saint. The winner, John Truscott for Camelot. That's not surprising. That's not surprising. Though, hey, it would have been cool to see Bonnie and Clyde or Thoroughly Modern Millie win that. Yeah, but I'm not surprised that it's Camelot. They went for the giant sweeping epic. 
Best special visual effects. The winner, Dr. Doolittle. Not that surprising. And also, look, if there's one positive thing we can say about that movie, it's that the effects are pretty good. All right. <laughs> Best sound effects, John Pointer for the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Beat out in the heat of the night. I get it. All that explosions. Ah, uh, yeah. Best supporting actress presented by a very grumpy Walter Matthau. It's the only Walter Matthau. <laughs> Estelle Parsons. As Blanche Barrow in Bonnie and Clyde. Yay. With her poofy red hair. That's and her, I hate everything about this role. I can't believe I just won an Oscar for it. Well, at least you got that out of it. But my God, she beat out Catherine Ross in The Graduate. She's not that important. Bea Richards in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, mm-hmm. which is a phenomenal role. Mm-hmm. And Carol Channing in Thoroughly Modern Millie. She did good. I can't be mad about that one. (laughs) Best film editing. This is the most odd couple pairing ever. We have Dame Edith Evans, legendary British stage actor, presenting Hal Ashby, the editing award for In the Heat of the Night, Mm -hmm. who gave maybe the most political speech of the night, despite the fact that it was also very short and not very outspoken, per se. Yeah. Uh, To repeat... Words of a very dear friend of mine last year when he picked up his Oscar. I only hope that we can use all of our talents and creativity towards peace and love. Thank you. He had not gone full hippie yet. Mm-hmm. And he had not gone full Harold and Maude yet. Nope. But it's really funny to be like, Hal Ashby comes in before anybody knew who the hell he was. Then we have the presentation of the Humanitarian Award to Gregory Peck. Pretty cool. Did a lot of work. He was very humbled. Yes. Best Art Direction, presenting to Camelot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. All right. For Music Awards, we have Best Original Music Score. The winner, Elmer Bernstein for Thoroughly Modern Millie. Yeah. Who gave the most adorable run-up. To the stage. From the orchestra pit, which was precious. And they noted he had been nominated like- 11 times. like crap ton of times. A ton. And so it was just one of those like, always a bridesmaid, never a bride type thing. And it was just like, wait, what? I get to win? I won? What? Okay, you guys play. I'm going to go get my award now. I'm going to go do the thing. It was was very cute. That was the best moment of the night by far. Mm -hmm. For best original song adaptation score, which is a weird distinction, we have Alfred Newman and Ken Darby for Camelot. Okay. I don't know. And then for best song, oh, Barbara. Oh, Barbara, your afro. She had that afro in the 60s at one point. The winner was Talk to the Animals from Dr. Doolittle. Now, here's my problem with that. The other nominees were The Bare Necessities from The Jungle Book, The Look of Love from Casino Royale, terrible movie, really good song, song. and Thoroughly Modern Millie from Thoroughly Modern Millie. It's also a great song. That song's not better than those. No, it's not. Sammy Davis Jr. does a hell of a version of it. He does, which I completely forgot to tell you that I totally sang that song in my second grade uh, school program. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, when we talked about that movie. Do do you feel ashamed now? A little bit. Mm -hmm. And some fun facts about who performed these songs. Louis Armstrong did The Bare Necessities that night. Lainey Kazan did The Eyes of Love from Banning. 
Sergio Mendes y Brasil 66 did The Look of Love, which is kind of fun. Sammy Davis Jr. performed Talk to the Animals on stage that night. Mm -hmm. And Angela Lansbury did Thoroughly Modern Millie, which would have been interesting to see. Hmm. They do not have those clips, and it's kind of disappointing. That is sad. A notable moment is that Robert Wise gives the Irving G. Thalberg Award to Alfred Hitchcock, a man who never won an Oscar. Yeah, he literally just like walks out. They they play his theme. <laughs> and he looks so unhappy to be there because he knows they never gave a shit about his movies. No. And he gives one of the shortest speeches in Oscar's history. Thank you very much indeed. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Rightfully so. Like, I mean, that's he is okay. he is undoubtedly a garbage human yes and you should think twice when you watch his movies but god damn he was a legendary director too best director goes to mike nichols for the graduate second movie he did who's afraid of virginia wolf before this yeah and then comes with this out of nowhere romantic comedy don't really feel like graduate is a romantic comedy it it is. Uh, it just doesn't feel like like I get it, but it is its own genre of movie. You it, can't define it's, it. It's a weird thing. He beats some heavy hitters for mm-hmm. this, and I'll be damned. He probably did the best job out of everybody there. Yeah. <laughs> Writing for original screenplay, William Rose for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Yep. And for adapted screenplay, Sterling Siliphant. For In the Heat of the Night. It's interesting because both those films deal with race. And both have Cindy Poitier in them. It's true. Original screenplay, there's no contest because the only other significant nominee is Bonnie and Clyde. Fair. And that script is not what makes that movie interesting. No. For Adapted, we've got a bit of a contest because you've got The Graduate, Cool Hand Luke, and In Cold Blood. Mm-hmm. Now, In Cold Blood, I can knock out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Well, the script's actually pretty good. But like The Graduate and Cool Hand Luke are really exquisite scripts. Mm-hmm. So that is a tough category to win. But I think they're both earned. I I really do. Best Actor, presented by Audrey Hepburn in her regal majesty, Mm -hmm. goes to Rod Steiger as Chief Bill Gillespie in In the Heat of the Night. Eh, I don't know how I feel about that one. Do you think he beats Dustin Hoffman? No. Not in The Graduate? I don't think so. Wow. Spencer Tracy? Guess who's coming to dinner? No. He doesn't beat Spencer Tracy. Warren Beatty and Bonnie and Clyde. He does beat Warren Beatty. Paul Newman and Cool Hand Luke. It's pretty evenly matched. That's pretty close. They're both really good. No, I'd give it to Dustin before I'd give it to him. Wow. Wow. All right. I Something about that character, I really liked what he did. I felt like it was really subtle work. I think he did. I, I liked him too. I did like him. You know what I but think? But I don't think he's better. Well, I think I want him in Best Supporting. Agreed. I he's want him as a-, a lead. I want him as a supporting actor, and I want Sydney in there as best actor. Yep. Then I feel much better about that's, that category. It's better. It's better. Best actress presented by Sydney Poitier mm-hmm. with this beaming smile, this super of big happy joy face. when he announces it. Yes. Is Catherine Hepburn as Christina Drayton in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Yes. We already knew about this one, but the director of the movie, I believe, came up to accept the award because Catherine Hepburn was never going to show up. She was never going to be there. But just this. The best part is watching Sydney go, Catherine Hepburn. I was like, yay. Yay. Of course. Totally earned. But and like that. It was so good. She was amazing. She really was. And 
if I'm looking at this, the only person, the only person who I think could have given her a run for her money is Anne Bancroft. Fair. Mrs. Robinson is no, fair. No. such a great performance. No, I, oh, I agree. Love Anne Bancroft. Like the nomination agreed. So yeah, those she, would, are, she would have been my second choice. Those are the those are the two options there. Yeah. And then Julie Andrews herself shows up. <gasps> yes, she just she just appears. <laughs> she just appears. She flutters in. And probably has the best repartee with Bob Hope out of anybody. She's just precious. (laughs) Before I read the nominations, Bob, may I say just a word? Well, it's getting late, Julie. I know, I know. But I did want to express the admiration for us all for the manner in which you've conducted this program tonight. Such ease, such wit, such... um, Take uh, your time, Julie. But you you just told me to hurry, Bob. Keep going. I'll see if I can cut a commercial. (laughs) To announce Best Picture, the winner... In the Heat of the Night, produced by Walter Mirisch. I love Rod Steiger and Sidney Poitier are backstage. They're both backstage. Having like, some drinks. And oh, then wait. they go, wait, we won? We fucking won? Our song's playing. Let's Holy go. Holy shit. <laughs> That's very funny. And man, what a, what a lineup. The Graduate, great film. Mm-hmm. Classic film. Yep. Guess who's coming to dinner? Yep. Underrated movie. Not the greatest, but really good. You and I talked about that film so much. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. It is. It's just like one of those things where I'm like, but also it feels a little Hollywoody. And I think that's why that's... we knocked it just a tiny bit. Bonnie and Clyde, which everybody should see, but is not that good. <laughs> and then Dr. Doolittle. I don't fucking understand. There's so many better movies than that. Mm-hmm. If Cool Hand Luke got put in here, I would be so happy with life. Yeah. And then In the Heat of the Night, which is also a phenomenal movie. And I think so timely at that moment. Okay. We've talked about all the winners. Uh-huh. Let's talk about this ceremony. Okay. So <laughs> we've, we've hit this really weird place with the Oscars recently where we don't have, we haven't had a host for the last two years. No. And last year was actually really great. In 2019, it actually worked out really well because it moved really quickly and we just didn't get caught up in like the bits too much. This year it was hot garbage. Part of the problem this year was that they didn't plan on not having a host this year. That was the problem. No, they didn't. So one of the things that we were kind of charmed by in watching Bob Hope was the way he hosted. Mm -hmm. And that he did come out and he did monologue-y things, which was something that we're used to. Of course. But one of the things that he did is he came out and he brought out the person who was going to do the award. He brought out the people and introduced them and did the banter with them. And then he left. And then that was it. And then that person, all they had to do was do the award, present it and be done. Yeah. So that the person whose job it was not to be funny or charming or anything other than attractive (laughs) and read, they didn't have to do anything. Bob's whole job was to bring them out and make them be cute. And that was it. And it was so charming and precious. Because some of the people could play along with Bob. Some people were good at that. And then the people who were clearly, this is not their forte, he just took over. Dustin and Catherine. <laughs> it was clearly not their thing. <laughs> they were like, ha, 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 ha. And he's like, all right, kids, see you later. Yeah. And it was charming just him doing a terribly awkward joke and then mugging as he back walks off the stage well and then you know <laughs> and then they had they had a problem the the microphone 
broke. The microphone stand is on the floor. It's on the floor and it's broken. And so Bob's messing with it and he's joking about it. It's like, come on, get us a microphone. He's being ridiculous and it is hilarious. And also just like, this is what you do. This is how you host things. And hosting is an actual skill. It's not just being a comedian. And that is a skill that we've just forgotten how to do because of Twitter. All I can think of is, first of all, there are, if if you do go watch these clips, and we'll post the, the link to the playlist on mm-hmm. YouTube, there's some jokes that really are bad. Yep. At the time, would have probably landed great. Yep. Now it's like, oh, no, why'd no, you do that no, one? No, 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 no. But a lot of them were honestly really fucking funny. Not bad. They're not whole. They're not the worst. This is it, the Oscar night, the crucial time in the life of an actor when small grievances, petty dislikes, and envy are thrust aside for the opportunity for outright hatred. (laughs) This is Hollywood's hour of destiny. In other words, two hours. This is the night we sit in judgment. This is the night we sit in judgment and may the late show of 10 years from now prove us right. <laughs> this is our annual Pygmalion display. This is the night many an ugly face turns beautiful, and many a beautiful face turns ugly. And I'm in there somewhere. But it was just that vibe, and I was like, this is what we need. And honestly, the only name I have heard in the last couple weeks for who we should have had this year, Patton Oswalt. The, here's the problem with the comedian host situation because it's a shitty job yeah because your job is to make fun of everybody in that room you have to do it but the person also wants to work for all of these people (laughs) so you have to find a medium so you have to find somebody who doesn't care that's Patton oswalt yeah he is a person who he knows his lane i'm not going to be the lead in all of y'all's movies the lead that I am in a movie is a movie where I'm a animated rat. That's where I'm the lead. And that is okay. There are probably many others who could do it as well. But you do. You need somebody who isn't so beholden yeah. that they can't do their own work and projects without the need to pander. Mm-hmm. Because you need somebody who isn't just going to be vicious for vicious sake, but really is like the whole reason you need somebody to dig on it is to get them off guard to be charming. Yes, and none of this, like the Oscars is not a participation activity. None of this running around and be like having people like talk into a microphone crap like they were having Jonelle. Like, no. We don't need it. No. You have the presenters for a reason. No. Also, why in the fuck did we do an announcement for an announcement for an announcement? For an announcement. (laughs) And there's no reason for that. That is what the host is there for. No. Yeah, this is just absurd. So, like, let's do this. No, let's do better next year, Oscars. Let's get a host and let's try this format again because it works really well. Mm -hmm. It just does. (sighs) That is 1968. We're done. Yeah, that's season three. We're done with season three. Oh, yeah. We're barreling right into season four with our Bond series. We have 11 more films. Yep, we got to finish Dalton, Brosnan, and Craig. 
Mm. before Bond 25 comes out. So we'll be barreling through that. We're done with the grandpa Bonds and now into the sexy Bonds. Sexy Bonds. <laughs> Which we've seen all before, so we're going to invite some friends over to chat about these ones. We'll revisit them with our critical eyes before we go see the new one. And then we get into our ridiculous series that's going to be this summer. <laughs> uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, we'll be taking a break after Bond. So we got a lot coming down. So yep. until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. For questions, comments, and recommendations, you can email us at macintoshandmod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. (laughs) 